0: Welcome to the Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live healthier, happier, and more inspired. I so appreciate you being here, and I hope you like this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Michelle Marcella Morales, owner of Raw Opal Jewelry. She is a wonderful human and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Same. So today we're going to talk a little bit about starting a business and owning your truth. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation because I don't know if you guys know, but um, Raw Opal Jewelry is a phenomenal jewelry brand. And they've done so much over the past few years. I've watched Michelle
1: just evolve and grow. So it's really cool to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to talk about it. Our growth has been so positive and really almost explosive. It's, it's really exciting. So I'm very, very happy to talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the brand got started and how you came up with this idea.
1: So basically back in 2017, I was really struggling after like a pretty sad divorce. Mm. And, And, you know, I had a two and a half year old and just trying to figure out my life, figure out, you know, where I needed to go. And I was, you know, working, you know, all of the crazy jobs, bartending and, and working all of the niche places that I possibly could just to make, you know, make ends meet and to maintain some sort of semblance of uh, sanity. <laughs> um, and I wound up getting, um, I wound up getting gifted a pair of earrings that were just so cool. They were these like chunky rock earrings mm-hmm love 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 geology and i love science and hiking and they were just so up my alley and i was heartbroken when they broke and i was i'm a fixer so i'm, I'm like all right how am i going to get these earrings to to be awesome again <laughs> so, <laughs> i tried my hand at fixing them and um and i did and and i was like you know messing with them and figuring trying to figure out you know how could i possibly you know make these perfect, where they're not going to fall apart again. Basically, I tried a couple of different things and decided, okay, like I could totally do this. I could do this. Why, how, why would I not be able to do this? <laughs> yeah. So I started fiddling around with some processes and kind of dawned on me, you know, I'm not a, I'm not like a daily jewelry wearer. I wear, I wear stud earrings. I wear stud earrings. I wear them every single day, but I don't wear like I'm not that person that has a a specific ring or necklace that I wear every single day. So I leaned into the earrings and I was like, you know, I don't really understand why people spend such, such, such uh, large amounts of money on polished stones. Mm. You know, raw stones are just absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, I really thought to myself, I wonder if people realize how beautiful stones are before they're you know, put through all of these crazy processes, mm. you know, like the tumbling and the the polishing and the heat treatment. A lot of a lot of the stones that we wear are really honestly, they're they're bastardized. And a lot of the cost that goes into buying finer jewelry is really, you know, the, at the hands of the processes that go into producing the jewelry. And there's something certainly to be said for the beauty of laser cut jewelry and, and very fine you know, and the fine clarity of say like a diamond. Um, But I just thought, my goodness, these freshly mined organic stones are just beautiful. Why, why, why don't more people know about them? And, and, and on some low key level, I was still pissed about my earrings falling apart. (laughs) So I was like, you know what, let me do this. I, I think that I could really I think I could really make a business out of this. And I always loved business. Like back in high school, I was like my, my spare class. What is that? Your elective courses. Mine wasn't cooking. It was DECA. Like it was small business. <laughs> small business. <Yeah. laughs> I like went to the regional competition for DECA. I won an award, like such a dork, but just I love, love it. <laughs> I just love, I love, I guess, putting, you know, implementing things and then trying them out. And, you know, it took a lot of research, a lot of research and a lot of teaching yourself and technical processes to be put into place. And yeah, I I just decided, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to open a business as long as I do enough research where I'm confident that I'll I'll succeed. I'm not going to set myself up for anything less than success. And I kind of just, put that mentality into it. And I ran with it and I started reaching out to mining companies and uh, single origin collectors. And I sort of set up, you know, I set myself up with a goal, a mission, and um, I really haven't looked back from that since. Yeah.
0: I loved a couple things that you said there. First of all, I love like how you noticed how beautiful rawness is. I think that's just a great metaphor for life. Like your raw self is awesome too, you know. So that was a thought that I had cuz I feel like that's a truth that we need to hear more often is just rawness is beautiful whether it be like raw stones or raw like authenticity, like I love that. So I was thinking about that. And then I also just love like how you you said to yourself like I'm going to succeed and that's it. And I feel like that mantra almost is just so empowering like you're just like okay, well this is it. Like I'm setting myself up for success and I'm not going to waver. And I think that's important just to have like that positive self-talk too, like going into anything, like give yourself your goals, do your research, but like
1: also just keep like cheering yourself on
0: and know you can do it.
1: 100%. I, I definitely, I mean, I would be remiss and uh, to, to not give credit where credit is due. I had a really great couple of people behind me cheerleading me on for sure. And Although I'm a a pretty independent person, I don't really need necessarily other people's okay to do things. I definitely, definitely was appreciative and took more risks as a result. The rawness, I mean, our mission really is to ensure that you are who you are. You know, stones are what they are. And at the end of the day, we're just a jewelry company. But there's so much more to it, I think, you know, that whole juxtaposition of you're exactly who you are versus maybe what you're going through on a day-to-day basis, you know, is like a really interesting lean into how raw stones form and grow. So like, you know, the processes of stones and how they form over sometimes billions of years under the most like intense tectonic formations is so chaotic. And our lives are exactly like that. You know, you go from one day and you have like intense conflict, but then also by the end of the day, you could have such peaceful resolve at the same time. And that is just, it takes time to form as a person. And you have all of these crazy, insane things that occur. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you're a beautiful result of those intense, chaotic, you know, things that you've gone through. So I feel like <laughs> I'm also a very romantic person. I'm very wordy. Also, I apologize. No, but don't I, apologize. <laughs> Keep it real. Yes. No, don't apologize. Don't be apologetic. That's definitely a theme. Um, but yeah, I just, I really do feel like, okay, so the first off my jewelry is meant to make you feel amazing. You're yeah. supposed to be amazing while you're wearing it. And it's at its most raw version this is exactly how it was formed and there's nothing more that goes into it than that and same same thing with you as a person like this is exactly how i am this is exactly who i am i'm proud of that i'm proud of the of the intensity and the chaos that goes on around me and you know maybe one thing that happens to a stone for instance like a change in temperature or a slight change in chemical composition might make might make the difference between an aquamarine crystal that is a little less blue and more seafoam green. That that you know change that occurred could be so tiny, but change the outcome of that stone so incredibly. And the same thing goes for our lives, of course. You know, yeah. one little change could you know alter the course of where we end up. And you know, I think that's just really cool. <laughs> Same,
0: same. I love that conversation. It's so good. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about creativity too, because I feel like there is like a strong aspect of what you've been doing and the creative process because your work is really creative. Some of the collaborations you've done, like you you partnered with like Freedom Rocks and you've made these beautiful mirrors with awesome stones and it, they're just so cool. And all the other collabs um, that I've watched you uh, put together. Like they're so beautiful, but they're also very creative. So tell me a little bit about how you become like the most creative or what inspires you? Like what's your creative process like?
1: Yeah. So being creative is, I mean, my, my fiance, my fiance tells me a lot. He goes, you know, you're fortunate in that you are a creative mind and you have creative hands. Yeah. He says not a lot have both. Or if you do, when you work with certain people, they definitely pick up and sort of fill the gaps in other areas that maybe you're lacking. And I find that my most successful collaborations are with people that have a really strong creative mind or a creative hand. I think it all starts really with like raw opal in general. We really we don't buy things wholesale. We really work with small batch artisans for our designs. So I think the creative process really starts with who we actually work with on a business level. Um, our earring wires, like, Our earring wires are made with the utmost quality Italian surgical grade steel from someone who actually smelts them in their garage, like in a forge in their garage. (laughs) All of our hardware is made by another small artisan, so someone with creative hands. When it comes to collaborating with people on other projects outside of Raw Opal and our accessories... Really, it's just a matter of having cool conversations with really cool people. Um, I met I met Danielle from Freedom Rocks Company through a women's networking group, which I know you're familiar with, um, Babes in Business, New Jersey. And she, you know, uh, we were at an event together and we, you know, we were vendors next to one another and. (laughs) She like blew in, (laughs) she like blew in like a little bit late, just like myself. And we're both like struggling to set up our booths because we were set up directly next to the stage. So we were like, oh my gosh, like we need to be on our shit. We need to definitely get set up as soon as possible. And she's over here like, oh my gosh, I'm so late. I'm like, so my girlfriend, like we got this though. We will definitely be up before the panel starts talking. And it was just funny because that one little like nod to the, to the other business, it's like, oh, I feel you. And that sort of snowballed into a conversation about what her, her thing is, you know, what is your niche? What do you do? And I feel like a lot of small business in general is really just having conversations with people and that almost always sort of snowballs into something else. I always say like, I'm that person that befriends the person in front of me in the Wawa line. Like I can talk to anyone, (laughs) to anyone about anything. So when it comes to like being creative, it's really, it starts at like just having some random conversation with someone you bump into Danielle specifically, though, like we just sort of forged a relationship over the course of those couple of months. And then when COVID hit and we all had to pivot our businesses, she was that trailblazer who was like, well, I'm going to open a brick and mortar store in Asbury on Bang Ave. (laughs) And I'm like, girlfriend, you got this like you so got this. And we just started talking before she even opened her store. And uh, she pitched the idea of doing um, like a small line of home decor. Like she had this big dream of having like home decor and crystals. And I was like, well, I so got you on the crystals, girlfriend. Like I could totally try this out, but I work on a very small scale. Like if you're familiar with raw opal, a lot of our pieces are very minimalist, very clean lines, very rudimentary in shape, not so much a lot of stone, like a lot of of big, big, big stone and not, not so much clustering. So she was like, well, like, you know, she, she pitched this idea to me and I just, I don't know, I started getting all the feels about it and I'm like, oh, mirrors. And then we also tried a line of picture frames also. And it really just like over the course of months, just sort of trial and error, you know, trial by fire I definitely started picking up some new technical, uh, you know, some techniques with, you know, using metal and reflective surfaces and draw stones and embedments. And that creative collaboration really was just born from her ability to to visualize something and then my ability to then execute it. And we've really, you know, I, I personally think the obvious success of those mirrors. And I can really truly speak to the success of the mirrors because during my, um, I did like a small pop-up event yesterday. Uh, two of the people that came in, they were one of my first uh, first sales of the day. The one woman, she was like, goodness, you just seem so familiar to me. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like a lot of people think that, I, you know, I look like someone they know. And s- throughout the course of our conversation, it somehow came up um, that, she was looking at these mirrors at a crystal shop in Asbury. (laughs) I was like, I cannot believe that you just said that because those are my mirrors. And her husband, her husband was like beside himself. He was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Raw opal. That's what Danielle said. He says, can I just tell you every time we go to that store, they're sold out. He says, she needs an email list. We need to be on an email list. (laughs) so it was just funny like I can speak to like the success of that creative collaboration because two complete strangers found me a half an hour away from the crystal shop you know it's just one of those things it's just interesting but yeah anyway creative collaborations are really just honestly they're my motivator they're my motivator to continue making and I have a lot of irons and a lot of creative fires right now. So it's just, it's really exciting to have that be like a really big mainframe of, of my business.
0: I love hearing that. There are so many things that I felt like were really good take-homes. It's like one, the power of community, get yourself a little tribe. If you're an entrepreneur, it's super brave to be an entrepreneur, like kudos to you for thinking about you know wanting to do something on your own but then also like so much kudos for like getting a community behind you because like you said like that support that cheerleading surrounding yourself of people who get it it's all what really helps to fuel a business i think and i i wish that that was talked about more when i started my business i wish somebody was like dude get a tribe like right now <laughs> like you need this because it's going to help like empower your vision and and support your vision and I love that you just spoke to that because you're like, yeah, you know, it really fuels my creative process is finding people that I love to connect with and collaborate with and be creative with. And I, I think that's so cool to hear.
1: Thank you. I mean, I honestly, like when before I even opened Raw Opal many years ago, I first started fiddling around with um, jewelry and hardware back in like 2007. Um I was like, Oh, let me start an Etsy shop. That was definitely like the fashionable thing to do if you were creative and wanted to sell jewelry. And at the time I definitely was interested in selling jewelry. So, um, so I, I tried it out and I was really, really quickly discouraged by a lot of the bigger companies on Etsy people that made that their career and their everything. And at the time, of course, I was working two jobs, going to college, trying to scrape by and I was really stifled creatively because I felt like every single time I reached out to another, like I reached out to everyone on Etsy, all of the top sellers. And I was like, hey, can you critique my shop? I would love to get some advice. And I got a lot of really negative advice. I got a lot of people who were really just like, hey, listen, you can't hack it if, if, if it's X, Y, and Z. And I was really, again, discouraged just by the negative and competitive nature that people had. And over the years, I really mulled that over. And so when I started Raw Opal, I really made it my mission to A, to work with other small businesses, because I think shopping small and like buying intentionally is, is very important. Um, but also just you realize a lot more about the most integral parts of your business. If you know exactly what goes into every aspect of everything you're doing, like our pendants, for instance, you know, we have a brass smith that actually she smelts our brass for us. I want to know every everything about that. What temperature does the brass need to be smelted at? You know, what, why do you use, you know, a certain hole punch for the millimeters in this pendant, but not the same in the other, like all of those little tiny intricate processes are fleshed out by these other small creative people and they've figured out all of the aspects of their niche. And I want to know all of those things, you know, because I'm interested. I want I want my business to be successful. I want to know all of the things. So reaching out to those other small, you know, businesses and figuring those little tidbits of information out, it just makes for a more, you know, informed creative process, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love this. There are so many quotes that like come to mind, like that the beauties and the details. And like, if you want to do big things, don't go alone, go together. You know, I butchered those quotes, but it's cool. <laughs> um. <No.
1: laughs> I definitely get it. Like the, the whole tribe thing is like you surround yourself with, even if it's not even creative people, it's, you know, Surround yourself with people, people that, you know, can enjoy the fact that you are putting yourself out there. They may have no vested interest in what you're doing whatsoever, you know, like distant family members or whatever. But they're like, "Oh wow, you seem like you're doing really good. I'm glad that you're happy. Like even just something as as simple as that, you know is just the greatest and then I could always 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 speak to Instagram like my biggest community of people is Instagram and I couldn't be more excited and more humbled by the amount of people that literally watch my stories every single day. Those people are my community. They're my tribe. And it's so cool to even be able to say that Mm -hmm. like literally on average, 70 people every single day, drop in to see my bird drop in to see like what our newest product is drop in to see, you know, where on the map we've been sending products to. And it's just like, it's such a cool and interesting ride to take people of like absolutely all walks of life from all over the world like your tribe isn't just the people you work with. It's the people that follow your journey. And, you know, I feel like I've been learning more about my community of people more recently than I have over the course of the past year, which is really cool because I'm understanding, you know, why, why, why do you care? Why do you care what Raw Opal is doing today? Why do you care that my studio desk is so gross? Why do you care when it's so clean and cool looking? (laughs) You know, it's like, it's interesting to sort of follow your community. Who's also following me back. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like the after thought, like you start a business because like, you want to be your own boss. You want to fix a problem. You want to provide something that's really beautiful and awesome. But then you get this benefit of like, Oh, you have a community that's interested in what you're doing and wants to support you and wants to buy from you. And Uh, It made me reflect on like values too, while you were talking, because it, it seems like, you know, having that value system and aligning with other people who value the same thing helps to build a tribe too. It's like, okay, you look out for those people that genuinely care about small business and genuinely care about what goes into the process. And together you have this set of shared values and it's just like, yeah, own your values. Cause they're important. So like, yeah, if you're going to be shopping from small business, like don't shame yourself about it. That's worth it to you. And there's other people that believe in the same thing. And yeah, it's just so nice to be around other people who get it, I think too. And having like a service based mentality, it seems like is really beneficial, because it's like, you do want to serve your community. Now you have this community, you want to see what they like, you want to see what's up with them. And that like level of care, I think is what also makes people successful, because you are so attentive to the details, like the gold is in the details. And I think it's something that people take for granted these days, like you are not Looking at these details, you know they're just like,
1: yeah, let's buy that thing on Amazon. You know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I used to, um, I used to travel back and forth to Vermont. My family has has some property up there, and their downtown area in Brattleboro, Vermont, <clears throat> is such a community based area, and they have all of co-op, and like they have these cooperative shopping spaces and. At the time I was I was younger, I was in my like early teens and then th- traveled there through my mid-20s and realized people really do care. They do care about the things that they are purchasing, they care about the waste that they're putting back into the environment. They do ac- actually genuinely care about the impact that they have on, on our earth. And I've always sort of been that that hippy-dippy, romantic, like, let's take care of our surroundings person. And I felt very at ease and at home when I was there and every time that I was there. And I feel like a lot of that goes into the mission and the passions behind what we do at Raw Opal simply because even if if, um, the majority of my clients don't care, I don't know that I would feel great or as great about what I'm doing if I didn't do it with a level of uh, attention like you were saying to the details that I personally think that that our pieces deserve, you know. I think that being careful about the type of bubble mailer we we send out or the fact that we print all of our marketing materials on matte recycled paper. Do I think that a lot of our clients notice that? Probably not. Probably most of our clients don't realize we're even single origin stones. Does that hurt my feelings a little bit? Maybe. (laughs) But, but the fact is there's a good portion of our clients who do realize is that we put a lot of attention into where we source our stone and all of, again, the processes behind what we do and how intentional our moves are, um, in, in that way. So I just
0: I <laughs> know <laughs> like intention and mindfulness and all of that good stuff is something that I hold near and dear, because it's like, you know, if you're just doing things without thinking about them, it's not going to create the best product. I think when you do take the time to like move with intention and be intentional, it's just so much more special and so much more magical. And I pay attention and I certainly love this aspect of community. Like I want to support people that are being brave with their lives and creating businesses and doing all this thoughtful work. It takes a ton of time. Like All I want to do is create small. Like I'm always like the one who wants to support people that are being brave and, and creating like being creative is brave, period. Cause not everybody takes that path. And I think You know, one of the messages of this podcast too, with you specifically is go after the thing, you know, like you went after the thing and you care so much about it. And it's like a beautiful journey for you. And it's like that whole raw stone process. It's like, you know, you've, you've gone through some hard things, but what has resulted is just like this beautiful business that I see and love and want to support and want to share about. So yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I really appreciate that. I, I do. And it, when people realize, you know, I, I always say my favorite part of, of this business is when I can see my clients face-to-face because having those conversations with them and explaining to them, okay, so this, this Sapphire piece, these Sapphires came from Hugo Gulch in Montana. You know, it, it makes them realize, okay, this person has really done their research. They know that These stones came from a specific place. They came from an educational program where these students are mining these stones. And, you know, a a portion of my purchase of these stones is educating people and then working with them. I work, you know, I work off of an anvil with with hand chisels. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of passion and real intent that goes into our pieces. And being able to express that to people face to face, seeing them really invest in your story and then invest in, and then of course, invest in your pieces is like the most rewarding thing ever, 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 ever people realizing, my goodness, you made this, you, you made this with your hands. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I made this with my hands and, and my, my coworker, Carrie, I finally have, you know, I have like a small staff now, my, my, my employee, Carrie, she's incredible. She's incredibly talented. She also helps me, you know, set stone now, which was a little bit difficult to allow someone else to set stone also. But then, you know, it's not just that it's Laura and the girls from From Supply Diva, they help us with some of our brass pieces. There are specific people behind, you know, behind our brand, behind our mission and behind our pieces. And I love being able to specifically express that to our clients and then watch them really enjoy our pieces that much more. Like our pieces mean so much more when they realize, oh my goodness, like, there's real intent. There's real talent that goes behind, you know, making not just a piece of jewelry, you know, it's, it's more than a piece of jewelry to them after that. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And that's why I respect you so much. And that's why when I saw you last weekend, I did not leave the store until I found something I was buying. (laughs) I was like, I'm buying something for me today. Like whether it's a gift or like something for myself, like I'm going to make a purchase. And it made me feel really good too. Like I love supporting people and their vision and their mission. And so, yeah, everything you said is just so valid.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I mean, and I don't, I don't just do that. I, I very much live that intentional lifestyle. Like I don't, um, we, we're not a very materialistic family. Like my family, we're, we've, we live in a smaller, a smaller home on purpose. You know, we want to, you know, not be putting out a crazy amount of emissions, but every time we go somewhere, it's not like oh, let's just you know my my son you know oh can I get this? I said okay. Well, what's the purpose behind this? You know, what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to put it? Is there a reason for it? You know. Yeah. And sometimes he rolls his eyes, but most of the time he really gets into the details. Also. And like we, not that we get to go very many places, obviously with the virus, but um, when I do my mirror deliveries for Freedom Rocks, when we go do our deliveries, I, I'll bring my son with me and he'll like, he'll browse, he'll browse the, the rocks and the fossils and he's super in- interested. And then one day he came across this little leather pouch and he asked Danielle where it came from and that my whole life just melted away from me in a puddle on the ground. I was like, oh, that's my boy asking where it came from, asking, do you know who made this? Like just the coolest thing. It's It's not even just a part of our business just because, you know, that happens to be the fashionable thing. You know, everyone's going sustainable and shop small, shop intentional. No, that's like literally how we live our life day to day. We don't bring anything home unless there's either a place for it or a meaning behind it. You know, pretty much everything that you see in my home, I could tell you either, you know, who made it or the company behind it or at least some tiny detail about it. That's cool. Everything should have a story, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love
0: that. And I love the beauty in asking questions. I feel like sometimes people get frustrated when kids ask questions, but I feel like that's them. That's our natural state, like to be inquisitive and to want to learn and be curious. And that's our human natural state. Like we are naturally. Supposed to be asking questions, you know, like we're constantly figuring things out and finding out why. And I feel like sometimes when we're on autopilot, we're not doing that. And I think that's just a reflection on life in general. Like, if you're not asking questions, check that, (laughs) like, check yourself, check what's going on in your life. Like, you should always be curious about something. And when you stop being curious, I think that's when you kind of like cut off your connection to magic.
1: I completely agree. That it's that complacency that literally stifles the fire of creativity and that would just be so devastating to me and to, to like my whole family honestly yeah I, I super love like i i really overindulge my son when he asks questions we talk about <laughs> it and we talk it to death we talk yeah. it to, <laughs> thank god for you you can hold that yeah. space <laughs> and i don't mind it i really don't i mean i mean sometimes when i'm like driving and it's raining yeah. <laughs> My gosh, I don't want to answer these questions right now. I feel like, Ugh. but it's almost always like such a rewarding conversation because he's so innocent and he's learning all of the things now and he's just genuinely curious. And I can't be mad at that, especially since I I made that, you know. I'm I'm the one that's like constantly like, oh, do you know where this was made or do you know who made this? Or you know, if I'm not buying directly from that person, always asking questions. So it would be, you know, it'd be terrible of me to be annoyed with him for being as inquisitive.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, just to reflect back on that question on creativity, it's my belief that we are all creative in a way, you know, I really think that's valid that there's some piece of creativity to all of us and it just takes time to develop. And like, some people are naturally born with like, some more creativity than others because of genetics or whatever, but it's also something we can all nurture. Like we all have the ability to nurture creativity in a way. And it just takes like small steps towards things that we're curious about or excite us. And I also think you said something that really made me happy earlier in the conversation was that like when you feel at home in certain places and and with certain people, that's such a good indicator towards like a path you should explore. Because those feelings, when they come up, when you do feel at home with people or places, like that good feeling is something to follow.
1: Absolutely. I'm a big relationships person. I love, love, love massaging my relationships and Mm -hmm. taking care of them. And even not, not just like in my personal relationships, but also business relationships. Um, I'll, like I'll always, always, always talk about the Union Market Gallery. It's a place that's not even that close to my house. It's half an hour south of me. And their mission is so aligned with mine. And the owners are just two of the most kick-ass people I've ever met and just very inspiring people. And they've really... They have really built a business that they are and should absolutely be so proud of because they're very compassionate people. And it's those relationships that just make you feel anytime you do anything with them, you feel at home instantly you know, and like I was speaking to the pop-up that we had yesterday at the Herbery in, in Howell, they are the sweetest people. It's a family owned business and Dana and Andrew, like they are just the sweetest people you drive into their driveway and Andrew waves at you. Hey, good morning. Like he probably doesn't remember me from Adam or maybe he does, but he'll always give you eye contact, give you a wave. As soon as you get out of your car, hey, can I help you bring anything in? Do you need help with anything? Dana, like, you know, she blows in like a big gust of wind, a big, beautiful breath of fresh air. Can I get you anything? This is where I'm going to have you set up because I think that you'll be, you know, so prominently displayed here, like just so sweet. And those people that make you feel like you're at home, you're well taken care of, that they they genuinely care about your well being. Those are the people that I love working with the most. You know, again, just like, massaging those relationships you know even if it's not a place that you're going to if it's you know the the partners that you work with you know it's it's just those relationships are so important to me anyway yeah. <laughs> and important in general
0: I love that phrase massage your
1: relationships you you find out the most intriguing strange weird things about people. And then you're able to then sort of shape your own perspective in the most cool and unexpected ways. And that's why I love, like, I have a lot of really strange friends, a lot of real, like I've worked in a lot of really weird, strange places. I used to run a board gaming store. I work, you know, I was an apprentice. I was a floral apprentice. Like, I worked in a restaurant for years. I was a bartender for years. You meet some crazy ass people. And you know, it's it's interesting a lot of a lot of my more like uh, traditional, I guess. I don't really like labeling people, but a lot of my friends are are scared of some of my other friends just because like, you know, I I really kind of hang with eccentric people. And it's like I love I love giving anyone and everyone my my undivided attention. I want to know exactly why you tick. Why do you tick that way? Why do I tick that way? <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, you yeah. learn more about yourself when you you know open yourself up to every possibility, every person. And yeah, massaging relationships is like, honestly, it's my favorite thing. I'm constantly like audio noting people and, you know, just having these really interesting conversations. I
0: think like the biggest take home for me is just like being a lover of people and humanity. Like I can relate to on so many levels. I love weird people. And I, I think when you're able to like see the beauty and other people's weirdness it also helps you embrace your own because when you're able to like see these unique qualities about other people that make them magical and special it also helps you to understand that like you have some weird awesome qualities too and it goes back to the beginning of what we were talking about like rawness and authenticity and the beauty in that and the beauty in like the weird struggles or the weird stories that's actually like to get on your level of being romantic with life is just, that's humanity. And that's the beauty of humanity,
1: (laughs) like being weird, being unique, being (laughs) eccentric. That's what it's all about. Yes. I have such goosebumps right now. It really hits home. It really hits home. I try like, if there's one thing that I try to think about before I put my head down at the pillow, it's really just what really cool thing did I figure out today? Mm -hmm. And almost, always does it have something to do with a conversation I had with someone that was so unexpected. And I just love that every single day. Like I, I legitimately think about that every single night, like, all right, right before I go to sleep, I'm like, all right, what cool thing happened today that like changed me in some small, seemingly insignificant way, even if it's negative, you know, and it's almost always a conversation that I have with someone else that I was not expecting to have that conversation with. But yeah, but you have to, you have to put yourself out there to also have conversations with people (laughs) in order to.
0: so true. I think being brave in life is just such an important piece too. being brave with the life that you want and being brave enough to have conversations, being brave enough to start businesses, being brave enough to like, be okay. If things don't work out too. Yeah. Let's just be more brave.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, it's so easy to just be like, oh, just do it. Just do it. You know, you want to start a business, just do it. You know, don't, I was actually having a conversation with, uh, with someone that I met yesterday during my event. She's a very creative person. And, um, she was like, you know, how'd you do it? How did you start? And I said, honestly, lots of research, but I didn't stop myself from starting just because I didn't feel like I was prepared enough. I just started it and I didn't make silly decisions. I wasn't hasty about it. I still had two jobs, two other jobs, you know, it it took a lot, a lot for me to really make the decision to make Raw Opal my number one only career choice, my daily everything. Obviously that's the best decision that I made, but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't take that risk. But I didn't take an unhealthy risk either. I still had a family to feed. So I definitely understand people's struggles with just being like, oh, let me just throw caution to the wind and let's just start this. It is definitely a grind and it's definitely hard. But if you don't make those sacrifices, you'll never know. You've got to do it. You just got to, even if it's not your entire life, like, let me just, again, throw caution to the wind and just do this one thing. You, you don't have to take that monumentally large risk. You can take a small risk and then see how it goes and then take another small risk and see how that goes. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I love that. You did normalize that. It's okay to hold a job while you're working on your business. like, you don't have to go all in at once, which is cool too. If you want to do that, great. Like, you know, but just do it like in, a way that still feels safe and and okay till you're able to make that transition. I feel like there's a lot of wisdom when it comes to business that can be dropped of like, yeah, okay, work your full-time job, do your hustle on the side, get yourself to a place where you know you can safely exit. Like that conversation is okay too. You're still a badass babe if you work on your business on the side. And that's cool. You start with one client, you start with one product, at least you're building, you know?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There is no way. I mean, honestly, like again, I was, I was coming off of a divorce, a really sad situation, just like a heartbreaking situation. So everyone is going through their, their thing, you know, also they're, you know, bogged down with their job. They have a family, they have crises that they're going through. But that doesn't mean that you can't start something that will eventually better your life. It's just, you know, for me, at least it was more of making sure that my family was taken care of first, you know, I had a two and a half year old at the time and it was really important for me to make sure that he was, you know, well taken care of and that he didn't really feel the negative impacts of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So taking a measured approach to like really building raw opal, it it took a long time. I mean, and then I even look back at it now and it really wasn't all that long. You know, I just it felt super long in the moment. But you know, if you take healthy risks, and I think that there is definitely a way to accomplish that. I mean, if you're able to like scrounge up, you know, X amount of dollars for capital and really like, you know, throw all of yourself into your business, that that is super great. I wasn't really afforded those, that, that luxury. I really had to you know, start very, very humbly and super small and make very researched and calculated choices when it came to, you know, I opened and I only sold single stone stud earrings. That's it. Only raw stone studs, these tiny little stud earrings. And I really only did that for like almost the first entire year that I opened. And, you know, I was just ailing to to create other things. So, you know, it was like, but those things that i was i was not capable of doing at the time motivated me to continue being consistent and providing good customer service and like definitely putting myself in a position where yeah if i keep going if i'm just if i just keep staying consistent and true to my true to my mission and true to my passion like it'll definitely reap the rewards and that will then lead to something else and lead to something else and lead to something else so yeah
0: Yes. And I also love that like cool things can come out of difficult things. You can, you know, have a pair of broken earrings that piss you off and it can actually make you want to create something better. And you can be like doing jobs you don't like or in a hard point in your life and still be able to like find some goodness by creating a product or doing something that fuels your passion so I think that's also just really good for people to hear like life doesn't have to be perfect for you to start like it by no means it comes out better when like you do make something out of your difficulty and it's
1: just such a nice story oh my gosh yeah my my number one motivator for starting a business like I always knew that I wanted to own my own business the jewelry thing the stones the the sort of like marriage of my passions that sort of came after the fact that I, I always knew that I wanted to own my own business for years. It was like a really cool, like, um, like cafe library, (laughs) like for years. And then it turned to like, you know, other things also. But my biggest motivator was I didn't want to be a manager for the rest of my life. I I hated being a manager. I always started places, rose to the occasion, did better than everyone else because I'm a very self-competitive and self-motivated person. Um, I always, always, always rose to the occasion and became the manager, the general manager. And I honestly, I started getting sick of seeing everyone else reap the benefits of my hard work. Not that the other store owners were not working hard, but I I definitely made processes easier and better and more efficient and more lucrative for other people. And not always did I reap the benefits. And at a certain point, it's like, I know that I can do this for myself. Let's just do this for myself. You know, I'm already putting all of my time into someone else's business. And my family is not necessarily also reaping any benefit or reward from this. I need to put myself in a position where I can change the tides here. And, you know, I know I can do it for someone else. I can certainly do it for myself. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast again. I loved having you. Um, I just want you to share with everybody like where to find you so that they can Check out your community, be a part of it and get some really awesome earrings.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we actually just opened our beautiful online retail experience at rawopal.com. I'm so, so, so proud of our website. Um, Whitney Hamill, please look her up on Instagram. She helped curate our entire website. She is a genius. Um, We rebranded recently, so you'll see a brand new beautiful logo. Maddie Jensen, look her up. She helped us with our new logo. And then you can find us on Etsy see also rawopal.etsy.com. We have some different things on Etsy than we do for our website. And then we have a huge community. I mean, I think it's huge uh, on Instagram at Jewelry, And you can find us newly on TikTok at rawopal, all the places. We're on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. Just look us up, rawopal. (laughs) We're there.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate it.
0: Friend. thanks for checking out this episode of the solutions podcast for more episodes just like this be sure to subscribe you can also follow us on instagram at solutions pod thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time